morning, church. Uh, you may be seated. Got a few different things I want to touch on this morning. Uh, start off with, we think about, so often we hear the words, don't worry, God has a plan, or we find ourselves telling this to a loved one, a friend, or someone who is going through a tough time. However, how can we really be certain that this statement is true? How many times do we question that statement? Naturally, if we're the one that is actually giving that statement, it's easier than the one that's receiving that statement or the one that's going through a circumstance or situation for sure. So we've got a few scriptures and a few things we want to discuss to try to pull that out to show that that statement is true. When the future looks more dim than ever or even may seem hopeless, we may find ourselves asking, does God really have a plan for us? After all, it is always easy to speak positivity to someone else over their issues or problems. But when it comes to ourselves, do we believe, do we have the same faith as we speak to others? We look to God's word to find lots of scriptures and show God's love for us, his sovereignty over our lives. In the Old Testament, we often find these scriptures embedded in stories that illustrate God's way of saving his people and creating a future for them. There is also many scriptures that point to the eternal hope that we have through salvation in Jesus. God's ultimate desire is for us to spend eternity with him. So we have to be heavenly minded in everything that we're doing as well to realize that our purpose here on earth ultimately is to be able to spend eternity with God. Today we explore some of the scriptures that show us God not only has a plan, but that his plan is good, perfect, and always on time. God's timing a lot of times, or pretty much most of the time, does not always line up with our timing or what our thought process is or how we want things to work out, but his timing is always better. And I know we've talked a little bit about this before with, you know, there's there's things lots of times that we want or things that we want to uh, try to do or have or opportunities and they may not work out and, and we're upset or, or don't understand it but we usually always look back and see that God had a purpose in it and there was a reason for it first scripture we'll talk about Genesis 28 and 15 and behold I am with thee and I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest and will bring thee again into this land for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee. Jacob was a man who did everything with great zeal. He did many things wrong before he learned the errors of his ways. God promised to give Jacob a vast amount of land, multiply his descendants, and bless all the people on the earth through him and his offspring. It was the same promise that God had made to Jacob's father and grandfather, Isaac and Abraham. God made this promise to Jacob long before Jacob did anything commendable. In fact, up until that point, Jacob's only accomplishment was de deceiving his brother Esau and stealing the birthright. 
But God had a plan in place even before that. So God has a plan in place, and we'll discover that as we talk a little bit more for each and every one of us and for each of our lives. And it's just a matter of us uh, recognizing that and realizing that and doing uh, what God has called us to do. This verse reminds us that God loves us and has a plan for you and me despite our failings. We all make mistakes. We all fail. We all do different things that, you know, that we aren't proud of or, you know, just different mistakes that we make daily or something we say, something we do. Uh, but through whatever we're doing, that doesn't change God's plan. He sees the good that we can accomplish and even faith. We've yet to attain. His plan for us won't be changed by our past mistakes. If we choose to follow him, he is by our side and will not leave his plan unfinished. The, the one thing to bring out in that is if we choose. So God has a plan, but what do we choose to do as far as with our life? And are we going to allow God's plan to be fulfilled in our life? That's, that's the point because we have that choice. God's got that plan that's, that's in place before we was ever even basically born. I mean, God has a plan for each and every person. You look at people's lives, you look at different scenarios and different situations, and some people has chosen to live for God, some has not. Some didn't, has not chosen to live for God that, that eventually will do great things for God. They're, you know, uh, living in sin or doing different things that they should not be doing or not following God's plan, but God's plan's still in place. It's only if they choose to come to the truth and do what his will is. Genesis 50 and 20. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. So the story of Joseph, most has, has heard that story or, or heard it taught on or preached upon many times, but uh, he was Jacob's favored son. His other sons became jealous of Joseph and tried to get rid of their younger brother by selling him into slave, slavery. God saved Joseph and eventually put him in a favored position with Pharaoh, who put Joseph in charge of Egypt. Because of Joseph's position, he was able to preserve his family's lives, save Egypt, and prepare the way for the beginning of the nation of Israel. God is so sovereign and brought good out of the evil deeds of Joseph's brothers. God's plan for Joseph took time and required perseverance. Joseph was sold into slavery, accused of rape, sent to prison, yet all this set him up to be in front of Pharaoh, who ended up putting Joseph into a position to save his family 22 years later after he had been betrayed. Joseph's experience shows us that God brings good from evil. Now, there's no doubt that if we had the opportunity to talk to Joseph today, when he was going through all of those problems and having all those issues and act, false accusations and the different things, he probably wasn't feeling too motivated that God's hand was on him. Uh, and, and we find ourselves lots of times being in that same situation of not understanding circumstances or situations that we're going through but that does not change God's plan for us. 
And, it, and as we talked earlier at the, at the beginning, God's timing is definitely different than ours. So the thing of it is, is his plan and his purpose will be fulfilled as long as we're willing to do that. And no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're, we're facing today, uh, his plan doesn't change. It's unwavering. Um, God brings good from evil for those who trust him. God can overrule others' ill intentions and plans to bring about his will for our life. When we find ourselves in a situation that is unjust just because of another's actions, we can trust God to make a way out of the predicament. It may take time, patience, and hardship beyond what we think we are capable of, but God keeps his plan through it all. God will make a way no matter what the situation is, no matter what the circumstances are. He will always make a way for us to be able to fulfill his plan. Psalms 138 and 8, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. This is another verse that assures us God's will, God will accomplish his plan for our lives. David is known as the greatest king of Israel and is described by God as a man after his own heart. But when you look at King David's life, look at some of the things that he was. He was an adulterer. He arranged murder. He directly disobeyed God. He did not uh, deal with his own children like he should. What David did get right was his willingness to repent. So repentance is very important, and we can see how strong, strongly it plays into this situation with David's life over all of the things that he'd done wrong. That, that did not change or, or waver God. That didn't sneak up on God or, or change the plan or, or you know, what, what, what's he going to do now kind of situation because he had a... a the ability to repent and recognize that. So his willingness to repent and ask and get forgiveness for the things that he'd done wrong, you know, still made way for him to be able to do God's will and for God's plan to be fulfilled. His willingness to repent and learn from his sins as well as unswerving uh, faith in God, he was willing to suffer through the consequences of his sins while also praising God for his forgiveness and love. From reading this about King David's life, I can be assured that my plans will be accomplished when they line up with God's plans. God knows what's best for me and does not allow the desires in my heart that are evil or against his will to prevail. When I repent of my sins and seek his will for my life, I can be assured that his plans will be accomplished. You know, the thing of it is, we look around and we look in, in the world or different people we know, family members or friends, and, and, you know, we don't ever want to give up on hope. As long as someone has breath in their life, in, in breathing, basically, or alive, there's hope. It, you know, just because they're not living the truth or living for the Lord today doesn't mean that, that they're not going to do great things for God. Uh, you know, whether it be teaching, preaching, singing, I mean, you know, uh, 
prayer warriors. I mean, there's just a variety of things. And, and the thing of it is, is we, we look at our own selves, and a lot of times we don't, we don't actually, uh, we, we try to mon- make sin in categories, so to speak, that, well, we look at what this person's doing or what that person's doing, but, and, and there was some talk about that the other night about sin and the categorizing it and things of that nature, but the thing of it is, is, you know, we, we don't want to never look down on anyone uh, we want to pray and help each other out. You know, whether we've made a mistake, whether we've failed, whether we've done something wrong, or whether it's a, a friend or family member or request that somebody's brought forth, we don't know all their circumstances or their situations, but we do know that God has a plan for their life just like he has for us. And we need to pray for God's will to be done and pray that they will see the truth and, you know, get in alignment with what God has in store for, for them. God has a plan and purpose for each of us that we must do, but we must do our part to follow it. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. King Solomon was David's son and the third king of Israel. Solomon had it all. His life was abundant in wealth, wisdom, and power, and yet in Ecclesiastes, he deems it all meaningless. His point here is that everything we may accomplish in life is meaningless outside of our commitment to God. So the point that I want to make there is it doesn't it doesn't matter if we look at the world or accomplishments of the world or people in the world. If they're not in alignment with God, I mean, I'm not saying we can't be proud of people for things they accomplish, things that they're able to do or achieve and things like that. I don't mean it that way. But ultimately, if it's not in alignment with God's will, it doesn't mean anything. It's meaningless at the end of our life. You know, when we take that last breath and our destination is set at that point for eternity, you know, it's not going to matter about, you know, what type of position a person may have held or what type of, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what they owned. I mean, it doesn't matter what you've gained or, or anything in this world. You're leaving with nothing, and that's just how it's going to be. I mean, that doesn't say that we don't work, we don't try, and we don't, you know, we got to do all that. we got to occupy till he comes, for sure. Uh, and, and, you know, there's, there's scripture about that with working and providing and things of that nature, but uh, the thing that we've got to keep in mind in doing that is, doing the Lord's will and making sure that what we do is in alignment with what God's plan is for us and for our lives. When we are committed to God, there truly is an appointed time for everything. The hard times will pass. Time for celebration and joy will come. This verse reminds us that when we accept God's perfect timing for everything, I can find peace in any situation. Now that's a statement that is, you know, easier said than done for sure. Uh, especially like you said earlier, whenever we're the ones going through a situation or through a problem, it's very hard to understand how that's in alignment with God's will or, you know, what the purpose or the outcome is going to be. But if we're where we need to be with God and we understand his timing is perfect, then we'll understand that and, and it will definitely make things way, way easier. This means knowing that the times of uprooting, weeping, and mourning 
will not last forever. We're all, we all deal with things. We all deal with, uh, you know, what we classify as bad things or negative things or, you know, just different situations, you know, that happens in life. You know, we can always look at, at different scenarios or different people's lives and try to compare and, and things like that. But the thing of it is, whether it's us or whether it's them, we're all going through different things at different times. We're, there, there's times of joy for one today and times of sorrow for another on the same day. I mean, but those roles reverse at some time, point in time. There's, you know, everybody has their ups and downs and, and the different things that we go through. It also means that we should not take for granted the positive moments and the joys in our life uh, for those too shall pass. So, you know, in it all, God is in control and has a plan. So we just need to, you know, the thing of it is, is when, when we have the joy, we need to celebrate the joy. We need to be happy with, and we need to be happy for others when they're uh, in their joyful time or when their things is going good for their life. We need to, we need to support each other. We need to be happy for one another. We need to, to have joy, in, you know, for other people and not always feel like it's always about us having the joy and, and no one else having it. You know, we, we need to have the one and a desire for, uh, to see people saved, to see people do good in life, to, to help people out, to, to have a positive outlook on, on life in general and, and a strong support system. You know, we've talked uh, in, in, a, in a past lesson about supporting each other. I mean, we should be able to lean on each other. And, you know, if I've got a problem or a situation, then, you know, I can go to, to someone and, and ask for prayer. Or, you know, I, naturally I can pray too, but then there comes a point sometimes when we're dealing with things ourselves where we just can't pray no more. Uh, you know, Brother Sharon made mention the other, other night about, you know, situation with, with Tess. You know, he just got to a point where, you know, he couldn't pray anymore. He called his, his mom, and his mom began to pray, and, and then had, you know, minister uh, prayed over, and, and uh, she was basically healed from that, you know, as far as uh, the colic and the different things that was causing her problems. So, you know, that's, that's the thing. We've got to support each other. We've got to help each other. Uh, we're in this together. Uh, we should not ever feel like we're alone. We've got to help support each other uh, and help lift each other up to help make it to the end. Isaiah 43 18 and 19, remember ye not the former things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Isaiah is considered to be the greatest Old Testament prophet and is quoted in the New Testament at least 50 times. Though most of his prophecies fell on deaf ears at the time he wrote, at the time he wrote them, we see them most, uh, fulfilled in the life of Jesus. In fact, Isaiah speaks more about the coming Messiah than any other Old Testament prophet. In the verses above, Isaiah is speaking of a relatively soon-to-occur event when God will re again rescue His people, this time from Babylon. And he is also referring to the future redeemer they would have in Jesus. Sometimes it seems like God doesn't have a plan because I expect him to do things that he's done before. You know, there's certain things that we deal with and that we go through and God does come through for us and, and he works things out. Or, and, and sometimes we think that it's going to work out the same way. 
and it may not always work out the same exact way or the way that we think that it's going to work out because, as again, he has a plan. He has a purpose. And through that plan and through that purpose, he's going to show us things. He's going to reveal things to us. There's going to be things that we're going to learn and that we're going to see that when we look back through going through that, we come out stronger and more victorious than we would have if it would have just not ever happened or if he would have just made it go away, so to speak. These verses remind me that I need to let go of how I thought things were supposed to be or how I expect God to fix the situation and start looking at what new things he may be doing in my life or the world around me. He can make a way where none seems possible. I just need to be willing to see it. So there again, if I've got the faith to know and I've got the trust in knowing that God has a plan, he has a purpose, and I will trust in that no matter what I'm going through, no matter what you're going through, no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what our situations are, God has a plan. There, there are certain things we can look at a lot of times that you know we see someone else going through and we feel like, oh, we would do this or you know we would handle it this way, but we don't know a lot of times until we're dealing with that ourselves of what we truly would do or what we truly would say. But we also know that God has a plan and a purpose and that that, that plan and purpose of what the person's going through, that ultimately is part of his will in some way, form, or fashion. Habakkuk 2 and 3. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hurries toward the goal and it will not fail. Though it delays, wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay long. Habakkuk was a prophet to Judah. He didn't understand why the people in Judah were not being punished for their sins. He complained to God, why was he allowing evil to persist? God answered that he would use the Babylonians to punish Judah. He also assured Habakkuk that the Babylonians would face justice for their sins. As we read below, Judah did pay the consequences for their sins by being overtaken by the Babylonians and becoming their captives for 70 years. Sometimes we feel discouraged by the injustice that we see in the world around us. Why does God let the evildoers flourish and go unpunished? This verse reminds me to be patient because God has a plan and God has a purpose for everything. God's justice comes in due time. Even when I don't understand the why or what is happening, I can trust that God hates sin even more than I do and he will not let it go on forever. His justice will prevail. While I wait, I can pray for those around me to be protected, knowing that God's desire is for all to be saved. I can also pray for the, the wicked to repent. So the sin will not go unpunished for sure, but we can't look at a situation or a circumstance and, and, you know, from a fleshly standpoint, I guess if we look at it that way, you know, we can want justice for somebody that does us wrong or you know we may want to do something to them you know i heard sister laura talk about several times she takes matters into her own hands that you know are used to so (laughs) 
So, you know, that's the thing. Uh, if we, we, we just got to trust God's timing. But we also got to pray for folks because even people that do us wrong, you know, ultimately they have a soul. And, you know, even somebody that's done me wrong, I don't want them to be lost and I don't want them to spend eternity in hell. I want to pray for them as hard as the situation may be or the circumstances may be. My prayer is for them to be saved ultimately. But they're the ones that has to make that choice. I can pray for them, but they have to make that choice and that decision to be saved and to live for God. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and of not of evil to give you an expected end. Jeremiah made the above proclamation to the exiles in Babylon. Jeremiah was a prophet who ministered to Judah for 40 years. Most what he said fell on uh, deaf ears and the people found themselves conquered by Babylon. Through uh, Jeremiah, God assured the exiles that he would rescue them, but it would not happen for the 70 years. Jeremiah also instructed the exiles to go on their own, their lives while they waited. Undoubtedly, most of them didn't live to see the promises fulfilled, but their children did. So there's, there's those that has went on before us that were seeing promises that may have been promised or, you know, that's being fulfilled now that may have been promised during the time frame that they was living. They may not have seen it, but we're seeing it. And there'll be things, if the Lord prevails and we're here long enough, that our children and grandchildren and different generations will see that we may not see fulfilled. Because it's all part of God's plan. This story reminds me that as a Christian, I am an exile on earth like the exiles in Babylon. I can hang on to God's promise for a future and hope. Even when I don't see the promise, I expected coming to fruition. Jeremiah 29 and 13 instructs, you will seek me and find me when you search for me. So if, if a person is seeking or if they want to find God, God is there. God is available to all that will accept him. When I seek God with all my heart, I will find myself living with the eternal hope that can only come from him. My hope doesn't come from my present circumstances or even what tomorrow may bring. It comes from the Lord and my relationship with him. God's plan may not look like my plan, and as we talked earlier, generally it does not. Uh, I think each and every one of us in here can probably contest to that. There's probably, you know, you, you start your life and growing up and what you think is going to happen in life and how things is going to be, and, you know, how many times has that fully fell in place exactly how you thought that it was going to? And the thing of it is, is uh, some of that is... is through maturity and growing in, in Christ and getting closer to God and, and uh, learning that his ways are, are perfect and, and, and definitely above our ways in, in a lot of times in our thought processes. So we've just got to be in tune with God. We've got to allow God to work in our life and, and understand that his will and his plan is perfect for our lives. That can be, uh, Trusting in God's plan can be a hard truth to swallow, but when I understand his plans are far better than anything that I could come up with, 
the truth becomes a blessing. I will fail myself a lot of times or my feelings will mislead me or misguide me. And God's plan keeps that from happening or keeps me from going in that wrong direction as long as I'm in alignment with him and and staying close to him. God's word shows me over and over again how his plan always prevails. I may not know what the future holds, but I know that God ultimately wants good for his children and for us, for each of us. In all the plans God has for us, our salvation is the most important one. He wants us to have a relationship with him, and as Solomon found out, everything else in life is meaningless as far as beyond that. So being in the Lord's will, understanding and realizing that, that what God's purpose and plan is for us and for us to spend eternity with him is God's will and God's desire, and everything else that we deal with is only temperamental while we're here on earth. You know, whether we live to be 100 years old or, you know, what, whatever our age may be, uh, you know, young or old, uh, life, life has a, a, God will work things out with whatever situations happen in life as long as we put him first. And we've just got to depend on him, got to lean on him, and know that his way is above our ways and his ways are perfect. Thank you, Brother Kaiser. When I think about the wisest man uh, that ever spoke, he said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. That's pretty, that's pretty insightful words from someone who is wise. I'm thankful for the wisdom of the teachers that God has blessed us with here at First UPC. And thank you, Brother Kaiser, for sharing that insightful word today and reminding us again that his plan is perfect. I want to be in God's plan. I want to follow what God has for me. I know I was even thinking this morning, there are things that that have happened to me. Has anybody ever had something happen to you and you thought, that's not really fair. That just, that, that, that shouldn't have happened like that. And and there are people that maybe, anybody ever had somebody do you wrong and you're just like, man, I just, I don't understand that. I, and then the Lord, uh, the Lord then takes that mess and makes a miracle out of it. That's just how good God is, Brother Clyde. I, I thank God for his perfect plan. Is there anybody thankful for the perfect plan of God? Why don't we just lift our hands and our voices and thank God for what we've heard, his word and the plan that he has. God, I thank you for the insight from your word that has brought understanding to us that we can be in your perfect plan. I pray that you would help us to be that. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. It's 1045. We're going to take a brief break. We'll begin at 1055 with a time of prayer. Then we're going to have a great worship service at 11. God bless you. We're glad that you're here. Let somebody know how thankful you are to see them in the house of the Lord. We'll begin with prayer in just a few moments.